0: welcome to the respectful divorce podcast if you're considering a divorce it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce on the respectful divorce podcast we'll explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals we also talk with divorce clients about what went right and what went wrong in their divorce on today's edition of the respectful divorce podcast we're talking with camille milner who is taking over as the new host of this podcast She's a longtime leader in the collaborative movement, but today we thought, let's get to know Camille. Camille, thanks for taking over as the new host of the Respectful Divorce podcast and uh, uh, and and being with us today.
1: Glad to be here. Excited to start this adventure.
0: So one of the things that we thought we would do is, is just begin by playing a, a fun little game. Uh, and uh, that's a get to know Camille. Uh, so, We've got a series of questions for you that we're going to ask. The first one is uh, a simple one.
1: Where were you born? I was born in Fort Worth, Texas at Harris Hospital.
0: And, and tell us about your family.
1: Uh, my mother's an English professor. My dad's a history professor. My only sibling, my brother, is an international relations professor. So I'm kind of the misfit of the family being a lawyer.
0: And and so your education, where did you go to undergrad? Where did you go to law school?
1: Let's start with first grade. I went all the way through Denton Independent School District, graduated as a Denton High School Bronco, then I went to University of North Texas here in Denton and then UT Law School in Austin.
0: Um, and then the uh name of your firm?
1: It's S period Camille Milner, but I usually just use now Camille Milner. That's my formal name, but that I usually just use Camille Milner now.
0: So let's talk a little bit about collaborative Um, and and maybe maybe we should say uh, how long have you been practicing family law? And then why did you start practicing collaboratively?
1: Well, I've been practicing family law since 1984, as soon as I got licensed. So that's getting close to 38 years Um, I've been a member of Collaborative Divorce Texas since its inception. I became a charter member thanks to Matt Gregory and uh, convincing me that was exactly what I needed to do. He's always been a great influencer for me. And so that was in, I believe it was in 2004 when the organization was chartered. Uh,
0: And and so what appealed to you about collaborative?
1: Well, I don't think family law has ever been a good fit for litigation. Sometimes it's necessary and inevitable, but for the most part, most families and most couples want to be their best selves and collaborative enables them to do that and helps us lawyers bring our best selves to the table as we all work toward a resolution of the conflict, more like engineers working on a project rather than trying to destroy the other side.
0: So I, I remember at one point you had a uh, you had a a, a divorce uh, trial, uh, went all the way to the court. And um, and the story that I heard and maybe you want to expand on it was that that um, you had uh, the mother on the stand and uh, and it was a pretty rough cross-examination of her. Um, and you won the case, but you felt terrible. Can you kind of kind of talk about what that experience was like for you?
1: Well, very often, parties do things that they would rather and be better off that no one ever knew they did. They are not being their best selves when they are in the midst of a divorce or a separation and this lady was determined that she was by divine right, going to take the kid and move out of Denton, and the dad had been actually, in a lot of ways, the primary parent. And so I asked her, would you prefer uh, being joint conservator with this dad or not being involved in the child's life at all? If the court were to decide if you're going to move, you move and leave the child here. And she said, I can never work with this man. And it was almost like the jury had claws that came out I could see it on their faces and I have stayed in touch with that family the little boy grew up and his dad was named primary and he's turned out to be a a great man great young man but but I never feel good about the damage and the scarring done to a family that the court system requires the way to win a case is you have to use People's actions when they're not at their best to demonstrate for the court what should be the ruling of the judge. So
0: what is it that you like best about uh, a collaborative case versus a litigated case?
1: that again, everybody is working on a project to resolve the conflict and move the family to the next stage of their lives and keep the family intact, even if they're not married and living in the same house. So that the children can not, as Mike Gregory used to say, have butterflies at their recital because they're nervous about their music, not because of how their parents are going to behave. So we wanna look forward and think of family reunions and marriages and christenings as a way that the family can come back together and still be a little bit like distant relatives. They may not want to be together all the time, but they share blood and a history and they can model that for their children. A divorce can be the greatest teaching moment for parents and their children because statistically 50% of people will probably get divorced. And if parents can model for their children, a better way to do that, a more peaceful way, a more respectful way to do that, then that may be the greatest lesson their children never learned from them.
0: It, it, do you think that that also from your experience that um, that having the neutrals changes the, the, the process and the divorce process and the tone of how it proceeds uh, with what they bring to the table?
1: Totally, we used to jokingly call it that neutrals bring their magic dust, their pixie dust. There is a dynamic that comes from having neutrals in the room. They can say something to inform the clients how something they've said or done is coming across, and the clients don't feel attacked or get defensive. They change their behavior, and the process continues on without further hiccups, whereas if one lawyer corrects their own client or corrects the other client, it's either that the lawyer has... Quit advocating for their own client and they're on the other side, or they're attacking the other side. And so neither of those are perceived well. Same information that needs to be delivered, but it's just a difference in how it is, how it is perceived by the clients when it is from a neutral person who clearly has the entire family's best interest at heart.
0: And 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 just one more thing on this in terms of success stories. I've heard you tell the story about the uh, the little girl in the back seat uh, after the case was finished and proved up then and, and basically thanking her parents for the way they chose to go through the process. Can can you tell that story?
1: Well the little girl was in the back seat the mom had picked her up from school and they were on her way to an extracurricular activity and the mom and dad were on the mom's cell phone and they were just talking about an event that was gonna be coming up. And the little girl said to her mother, after her mother hung up, I have friends whose parents can't even talk civilly. And that wasn't the word the little girl used, but it was that was what she meant. And she said, thank you for helping us get through this without that, so that we can both have our parents, so that we can have our, both our parents still together
0: and And if I remember the story correctly, she then asked, "Could we go to dinner with Dad tonight?" Was that right?
1: I think that is right, and they did and we've got we've got countless stories like this. I had one set of family members that one of the children had developed an addiction unrelated to the divorce. Um, it was a a gaming addiction, and he had to be uh, placed in a residential rehabilitation facility and the parents and the other children went together to that facility for their holiday vacation and were all able to be together. And they all say they could not have done that had it not been for the collaborative process. And then I had another couple that, that when they left the last meeting, they left hand in hand and went and got breakfast and so a lot of people, they amaze me with what they do on their own without the lawyers or the neutrals even suggesting it. And
0: and the collaborative process enables that.
1: Absolutely. It gives them conflict resolution skills and communication skills that will serve them and their children for the rest of their lives, not just in their relationship, but in all their relationships. It really will be a transformative experience for clients and enable them to move forward again as a family, just not the same exact family structure that they had when they were married.
0: Okay, so we're going to do a rapid fire series of questions here uh, to to, to help people get to know you a little more. What are your hobbies?
1: Well, I like sailing a lot, and I like getting in my truck and driving really fast on the back roads of Texas, listening to my playlist all by myself.
0: Uh, Your last meal would consist
1: of? A chili relleno filled with cheese covered with tomatillo sauce and guacamole. Your favorite restaurant? Me Casita here in Denton. I go through there nearly every day and get their chicken fajita salad and eat it at my desk. And when I leave town, the last thing I do is go get something with their hot sauce on it. And when I get back in town, that's the first thing I do is go get something with their hot sauce on it.
0: The most interesting thing you've ever done?
1: Probably traveling through England all by myself.
0: The greatest influences in your life?
1: It would have to be my grandmother for lots and lots of reasons, but primarily because she went through a divorce in the late 60s, mid to late 60s. And I was sort of um, her shadow in that. And I saw what she went through at the time when divorce did not help women out at all. She was a grown woman who had been working for 35 years and had to get her baby brother to sign on for her to even get a phone or buy a very inexpensive used car because women didn't have the ability to contract completely on their own at that time. And the other great influence would be my law, my law license and my law degree. Okay, I drive what? I drive an F-150, a white F-150 Lariat.
0: And you wish you drove?
1: I wish I drove my truck with a few of the dings hammered out of it. There's no other car I'd rather have.
0: You're currently reading? Well,
1: I just finished The Longevity Economy, and so I don't know what I'll be starting today. Okay.
0: Your favorite book?
1: My favorite book. Well, I've really sort of got two, and they are have to do with my work. One is The Five Love Languages, and the other is Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, because I think that unlocks all the secret of the differences between men and women and how they can best interact and understand each other and work together in this world.
0: And then uh, the next one, your favorite song and your favorite band.
1: Or my musician. favorite My favorite song would probably be Happy by Pharrell Williams. It always puts me in a good mood, and especially the video of that, because it's so many people that are happy. And then my favorite band would probably be Mary Chapin Carpenter, because she sings songs that I find very inspiring.
0: Okay, four fantasy dinner guests.
1: That would be Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and John and Jacqueline Kennedy.
0: Your favorite quote.
1: Talk is cheap.
0: Your friends say that your greatest asset is.
1: Um, I think it's a little bit like what the queen mother of Queen Elizabeth said, um, that the greatest thing to teach your children is I I think my mother taught me good manners. I'm polite to people.
0: And then finally, um, the most important advice that you could give a teenager.
1: The most important thing I would tell teenagers is have faith in yourself, be patient with yourself, work on yourself with the help of others, and then give yourself time to find your way, because your way, the, the path that you're supposed to take will come to you if you do all that work.
0: All right. You have met Camille Milner on the Respectful Divorce podcast. She's the new host of this podcast. Uh, You can also find more information about Camille in the show notes. Tune in next time for another edition of the Respectful Divorce podcast. And remember that collaborative divorce is a better way to untie the knot.